0: Well, good morning to all our friends who are online. Uh, So glad you're with us. And, you know, there's so many ways that you can join us online. Some of you are with us live right now. Some of you might be jumping on later on, whether it's on YouTube or Facebook uh, or our website, ccmonline.org, or maybe you're listening in on the podcast later on. Whichever way, uh, we're glad that you've joined us on our church community online today. Don't forget, we'll be receiving communion together uh, after the message. So if you haven't had a chance to already uh, grab yourself some elements, whether that be bread or juice or whatever you have, make sure you do that and you can have communion with us today. And so those are all the important things for you to know here at Crossroads Church on February
1: 13th, 2022. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. His holy name. I
0: Blessed are those that trust in the Lord. I pray that you're all blessed this morning. Don't want to trip you, Jess, or trip myself. (laughs) That would be bad for both of us. Anyway, although it would be humorous for some, probably, if I went down. Anyway, that's... Good morning, everybody. Yeah, it's it's great to be together. So looking forward to David Bailey being with us next week. If you have not invited uh, your friends or... Maybe if you weren't planning on coming, if you're online, or if you're in the room, uh, just make sure you're around. You're going to love David. Uh, Claire and I have had the chance to spend a little bit of time with him, and he is just such such a precious gift. And um, just absolutely love David Bailey, and we're looking forward to having him next week. So don't miss that, and if you want to really... Uh, Bless your friends and give them a gift. Invite them on out for next week as well. We have a couple of weeks left in this series leading up to Lent uh, called New Beginnings. And I want to talk to you for a minute about a new you. How does that sound? Um, Yeah, I I know I need to talk about that. Um, Yeah, anyway, so a new you. I want to share a portion of scripture with you, a story about a guy an account uh, that Jesus interacted with a guy that you're probably familiar with in Scripture, most of you. His name is Zacchaeus. And um, anyway, it's in Luke 19. If you have your Bible or if you have your phone and you want to read the Scripture on your phone, you're more than welcome to do that or you can see it up on the screen. Anyway, Luke chapter 19, starting starting with verse 1, it says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there named Zacchaeus. All the people saw this and they began to mutter. Everybody say mutter. Mutter. That is a great word, isn't it? They were muttering. There's been a lot of muttering going on around the world. Anyways, plenty of muttering. They were muttering. Anyway, he has gone to be a guest of a sinner. How dare he? Anyway, but Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. God, give us ears to hear as we just open up. Your word today, and whatever you have for each one of us, we pray that you'd continue to do that work you know it 's interesting I think that when um, when uh, when you read when I read scripture or an account of a person like Zacchaeus or other people in scripture, um, kind of the temptation is to try to like imitate that person, like imitate Zacchaeus, his reaction. And, you know, there's some benefit in that, but I don't think that that's really the point. I think the point is, is to inspire us in this beautiful life each one of us have been given before God. Your life is not Zacchaeus' life, but there are principles. There are certainly things that we see in stories and scripture, accounts of people interacting with Jesus, um, that should inspire us in, in, in our own interiority, in the work that the Holy Spirit's trying to do in our own life, Right. Um, therefore, instead of trying to imitate a person like Zacchaeus, I think the invitation is always let the Holy Spirit and the inspiration you get from the account permeate your being. Let it be inspirational to who you've been called to be. Uh, I don't know if any of you are tax collectors. I don't know if any of you work for the IRS. I'm not sure, but this is even different than that. This is, believe it or not, kind of worse than being a part of the IRS. Now there's some noticings. First of all, uh, I love that that Luke accounts that Zacchaeus is short. There's just some things to notice. Like I just find that's kind of curious. But I I chuckle when I read through this scripture and I think about wanting to have a new me. I want to be moving into the things that God's invited me to. And I want to help uh, you all with that as well. Um, I, think everyone, I think the point is everyone is short, right? Everyone comes up short. So that's one thing to notice. We just all come up short, so we can all relate to Zacchaeus at that level. And another thing that I love about Zacchaeus is that he gets in a tree to see Jesus. It's not really what I want to talk about, but I do want you to know this is, this is a powerful thing to pay attention to. This is kind of another talk, but I'll just leave it at this. He gets where he can see Jesus, and I just want everyone to know that none of us go anywhere we don't see. Like, you see it. You either see it by vision, you see it, and Zacchaeus wants to go in Jesus' direction, so he positions himself to where he wants to go. So wherever you want to go with the new you, whatever direction, understand that it's connected to your seeing where you want to go. So he puts himself in a tree. Now Luke doesn't give us a lot of information about him, right? Says he's short, says he's a chief tax collector, and that he's wealthy. So what we can pick up from that, a chief tax collector in that day, the Romans, didn't collect taxes directly. They would find kind of corrupt Jews or whatever that national uh, group was, that, that group was that they had control over, and they would find corrupt people to... Um, take advantage of their own people. So you've got Zacchaeus, who's a Jew, and he's, he's unethical, he's corrupt in some way. They've identified him, and basically the Romans would take a person like Zacchaeus to do their dirty work. Send him out, because they don't want to be knocking on everybody's door for taxes. And the agreement was, it was kind of like an underground economy, they wanted so much, and Zacchaeus could charge whatever he wanted. So we know that he's taking advantage of his own people, He's really despised by his own people. They don't care for him at all. He's, he's a corrupt, and he's doing the Romans' dirty work, which they don't like the Romans either. So he's a powerful person, even if the power is based in unethical behavior. And he's financially and fiscally abusive, especially to people that don't have. Kind of sounds like some people would describe this. As an American dream in some ways, right? Like this guy is doing everything to abuse the, those that are down and out, his own people, so that they, he could have more. I, I read a thing the other day, this was interesting, and I'm not trying to get into political commentary, but sad some of the stuff that goes on in the world, isn't it? Um, I I read a statistic that 80% of the money that has been infused into the American economy since the beginning of COVID is now in the pockets of the top 20% in the country. And as, we, as it, it kind of gets put out to us that we think we're all getting these, you know, $1,400 checks in the mail and stuff, your $1,400 check or whatever checks you've gotten over the last couple of years, I would think are not in your bank account probably, most of you anymore. They're in the bank account of somebody in the top 20%, 80% of that money. So essentially, some of it I think were was just great moves and important moves to do certain things um, but ultimately, there is, this, there is this system that's set up that people get upset about, right? So that's what's happening here. We also notice that Jesus, literally, he, it's kind of a question, but Jesus, he just makes a statement. Jesus doesn't really ask for anything from Zacchaeus. He just says, well, he, 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 he does. We'll, we'll say it's a question because it kind of is. Zacchaeus, I'm going to come to your house today. That's it. He doesn't say, it's not a question, he doesn't say, can I come? Because Jesus is like that, isn't he? Like Jesus, I have noticed that Jesus can be invasive. Have you ever noticed that? Like I know that the old language was Jesus is a gentleman. But I've noticed that Jesus is invasive at times. And Jesus is invasive in this situation. He doesn't ask if he can come over. You ever have a friend like that? Like, they don't ask. They just come. Jesus is invasive. He invites himself, and he invites himself, I would say, into your house and mine today. Now, some people don't like that Jesus is invasive. So they like to set it up. There is a reason why I think Jesus didn't have a house. A lot of reasons. One of them was he liked to invite himself over. So Jesus invites himself to Zacchaeus' house. People, some people don't like that because they, they want to visit Jesus on their terms, right? Like, I'll visit Jesus at church occasionally. I'll visit Jesus maybe on a podcast. But Jesus, please don't come to my house. Don't invade my space. But Jesus says, Hey, how about if I come over to your house, Zacchaeus? And away he goes. Now, it's beautiful what happens here. Understand, Jesus has asked essentially nothing from Zacchaeus other than, let's just get together. And we start to see, like, these underlying principles that happen in Scripture. The first one is, we become new when we align ourselves with what we already know. I want you to think about Zacchaeus, and I want you to think about your own life. So all Jesus does is ask Zacchaeus, if I can be with you. In other words, Jesus just wants to be present. And then he says, and then everything starts to happen. Like Zacchaeus' life starts to transform, not because he's been asked anything, other than, I just want to be with you. He shows up immediately. The scripture says that Zacchaeus welcomes him gladly. You know, uh, Claire and I, we've been a pastor for a few weeks now. And, um, and Christians for a few weeks longer than that. And there's something I've noticed. Like, over the years, there's, there's, there's this tendency at times, people will say, well... What should I do? Like, what, what, what do you think God wants me to do? Now, I would say when that question's asked, almost 100% of the time, you already know the answer you're asking. But you ask the question, whether it's of me, Claire, or anybody, we ask the question because we're hoping for an out many times. Like, I don't really want to know what you think, Or what God thinks, I'm hoping that you can't figure out a good answer to give me. Therefore, I can shift the responsibility. See, Zacchaeus aligns himself with what he already knows. He knows he's a greedy person. He knows he's despised. He knows he's hated by And he knows he's been stealing from these people. So what does he do? Jesus never tells him to do anything. He immediately knows I'm going to give half of my money, his decision. Thank God that this wasn't something Jesus says this is the new rule, 50% to the poor. Oh, my, we'd really have a problem with that. But it's not a rule. And this gets back to we're not imitating Zacchaeus. We're trying to pay attention to what God's trying to permeate in our own life. I don't know. Maybe you should give 50% to the poor. But that's not the point. That's not what Jesus says. Jesus doesn't say anything. He just watches the guy. I'm going to give 50% to the poor because he already knew what to do. And I think we already know what to do most of the time. You want to be new? You already know what the next step is. Claire and I have talked about this a lot over the years. It's like nobody ever sat us down. When Claire and I gave our lives to Christ... We were doing things as a couple, getting ready to get married, but we didn't feel like it was honoring God, some of the things we were up to. We immediately stopped and changed the way we lived. Nobody sat us down. Our parents didn't tell us anything. There was nothing new that they said to us. When it came to finances, when it came to time, when it came to commitment, when it came to uh, different things, nobody sat us down. In the 40 years, nobody, or more than 40 years of marriage, nobody has ever sat us down and told us what to do. We've listened to teaching. We've taken stuff in. Because here's the bottom line. Zacchaeus knew what to do. He was ripping people off. He was greedy. And he knew that he had to give half of that, in his case, his decision back. If, if you have a question, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what God wants me to do, at least at this surface, this entrance level of a new beginning, you already know some things to do. We all do. What's next? Claire asked me when we started the year out, she said, what, what would you like, you know, what's kind of your dream for the end of the year? And I said, and how are you going to get there? And I said, I, I need to increase discipline in my life. I know that. Nobody had to tell me that. I'm not in the kind of physical condition that I would prefer to be in. That's not your story. Maybe it is, but it's. you get what I'm saying. We already know. Zacchaeus already knew first step. So we become new when we realize what's right and we just do it look at somebody near you and just say just do it that really is catchy isn't it we should use that we should use that around here the second thing that we see happen here is that Zacchaeus becomes new and we become new when we do more than required so Zacchaeus I love the language here in verse 8 it says but Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord look Lord Look, or look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor, and if, which really, that's not if, is it? I mean, he knows it's not if. And if I've cheated anybody by chance, you know, it might have happened over the years, I, out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. So, in other words, you could change that. I don't think it's too risky. This is not going to... Uh, send you to purgatory. If you change, I think you could just say, and since I've cheated a bunch of people out of the money, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus never asked for that. Jesus just getting ready to go to dinner. He's like, I'm coming to your house, and Zacchaeus is like emptying the bank. Because that was his story. Zacchaeus is responding to his own essence. He's responding to his true self, the true Zacchaeus. Under all of the greed and the stuff he was ripping people off with, he responded to what God was really after, the real Zacchaeus to to come alive and Zacchaeus was lighting up. See, here's the problem. Now, I don't think obligation is bad. I really don't. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But if we live our life of faith by obligation and not out of the essence, the way that Jesus has created us, obligation will always not get it will never get you to where you want to go. It'll never get you to the kind of life in Christ you want to live. You will always feel like you're ready to quit things and stop things. Zacchaeus, like with zeal, you can feel it in these ten verses, can't you? This guy's taking pleasure. The thing like an hour ago he was doing, he gave it up. And he just said, man, I'm feeling like I'm new. And all that happens is this guy wants to come over for dinner. The presence of Jesus is pretty remarkable, isn't it? He makes a statement by changing he's known as a greedy person, he's known as an unethical person and he is going to change that in an instant. He goes beyond what's required and the funny part about even that statement is there are really no requirements here. No requirements, but he knew what they were, didn't he? Isn't it funny how we we like we're always wondering what's the minimum requirement? Like, what's the minimum requirement I can do and keep my faith? What's the minimum requirement I can do and be a good Christian financially? uh, You know, somebody has said to Claire and I over the years, we've heard this at times, like, Crossroads, you guys don't talk about uh, sin enough, like how horrible people are. It's like, well, I I just know my own life. I don't need a lot of help being reminded of how crummy I am at times. You know what I'm saying? Like... You don't need me to remind you. Just look at yourself. The Holy Spirit really can help us with this stuff. So he responds beyond a requirement that's not even stated, but the requirement is internal. It's something that God has placed in him. I love what it says in the, in the message version. This isn't on a slide, but let me read it to you. In Romans eight verse six, it says, "Those who trust in God's action, or those who trust God's action in them, find that God's Spirit is in them, living and breathing God. God really can do amazing things in your life and mine." But he does invite himself to dinner. So, you know, we have these areas. I, I, just, I would just try it for a week. Go beyond, like, the standard of, of whatever in your own life for a week. Just give it a shot and see how it goes. Try it with your boss. Try it with your spouse. Like I'm gonna go the extra mile with my friends or with with my teacher or my team, with my kids, with with your parents. Try it with your health for a week. Try to instead of being a terrible employee, just try to be a good employee. See how surprised your boss can be this week. Wouldn't it be awesome? Imagine if we all, we would like shock the world. The crossroads, people have shown up, and they all actually showed up this week. It was amazing. What I have observed is this is how marriages that thrive and last, relationships that thrive and last, families that can thrive and do well, careers that thrive and can last, and a vibrant faith that lasts, I know this is a generalization, but I, I know that this is part of it. I watch people do this. They go beyond. They don't just go by obligation. They don't just go by what somebody else has told them to do. It comes out of their essence, who God's created them to be, which leads to this last piece here. See, when we let me, let me just reiterate this. When we live from, from the essence that God created us, you are fearfully and wonderfully made when you live from that space. If you want to talk about a new beginning, when you live from that space, that is lasting. That's the thing that will fuel you and fuel me. And the last thing we see in this beautiful account of Zacchaeus is we, we become, you become new when you connect your life with the life of Jesus. Now, we said already, everyone comes up short. All the people saw this and began to mutter, the scripture says. He has gone to be a guest of sinners, or of a sinner. Actually, they point out Zacchaeus specifically. And Jesus, reading down a little bit, and Jesus said to him today, to Zacchaeus, but he's really not saying this to Zacchaeus alone. He's saying it to everyone, right? The whole crowd. Today, salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. Isn't it, isn't it awesome? Like Jesus, I don't think Jesus is surprised. He asks to come over for dinner. It's not the first time that he's been told that he's with drinkers and carousers and sinners and all sorts of different descriptors. He knows it's coming, and he totally identifies with Zacchaeus. This is powerful. Jesus said to him and to all of them, today salvation has come to this house, this guy's house, because this man too... Is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Jesus was saying, This is exactly what I came here for. For all of the things that come up short in our life. It's interesting because when I read this, I think Zacchaeus actually, up until he gets in the tree, I think Zacchaeus could have easily, we don't know this for sure, but I think Zacchaeus could have easily thought he had a really great life. He had a bunch of the things that people throughout history have thought, if you just had that, who cares what people think of you? If you just had that, all that wealth, all that stuff, everything would be great. So Zacchaeus could have been totally just... So that might be your story today. You may be living like, hey, I got a great life. Don't bother me about any of this. Thanks, you're not going to talk about sins. (laughs) That's your conversation to have with God, not mine. Or maybe there's something that's really coming up short. But I love this because Jesus will always and has always allowed his reputation to be maligned because of you and me. He has no problem with it. It's almost like he enjoys it. I want to come to your house for dinner. I don't have any problem identifying with Zacchaeus. This guy is why I came. I came here to seek out people like this. See, part of the problem is some people want to hold you into your old person, your old you, because they're comfortable with you being your old self. It might get uncomfortable for some people, for you or for me, to move into the new person we're being invited to be. A beautiful and maybe the most beautiful part of this is how Zacchaeus responds to Jesus' reputation being maligned. Zacchaeus totally owns his own stuff because he knows by owning his own stuff, he is about to enter into a new life. He sees that Jesus has no problem identifying with him and he essentially says... I have no problem identifying with Jesus. And how I'm going to prove that is I'm going to come clean. Everybody knows it. I've been denying it. But now I'm going to come clean. Why would any of us, honestly, why would any of us hide those things in our life that keep us from God when those are the things that most prove the miracle of new life in Christ? Why would any of us not want to say, this is me. I've been greedy. I've been full of fear. I've been doing things I shouldn't do. See, it's really crazy because really the only person, the only one that's denying who we are in those situations, it's us. Jesus wasn't surprised when Zacchaeus started passing out money and saying, Yeah. So the invitation, when it's all said and done to a new you, is Jesus says, Come on home. Come on home and let's have dinner. I guarantee you, all of us that have experienced, which is maybe all of us in the room and all of us online, maybe most of us, but when you say to Jesus, let's go have dinner at my place, meaning my life, my being, that Jesus enters in and amazing things start to happen. So you may have made a commitment a long time ago to that, a life in Christ like Claire and I did. Or maybe for you, this is maybe a new invitation to you to a new beginning. And I just want to pray for all of us, because wherever we are, I just want all of us that are wa- wanting and desiring to open our lives to the presence of God in our life. Stand together. Let's stand together. So God, we resonate even now with the invitation that you gave to Zacchaeus and we take it as an invitation for us that you must stay at our house today. So right now, God, we open ourselves to you. We open ourselves to your presence. You are welcome here. You can go and say that out loud if you want. You can whisper it under your breath. You are welcome here, God. You are welcome here. You are welcome at Crossroads Church, Lord. You are welcome here. Let us be a people and a local church that live new beginnings one right after another. You are welcome in this place. So, Lord, I pray for each one of us that even as we welcome you in, that you give us the strength and the courage and we would sense your presence and your grace to live into the beauty of this one remarkable life each one of us has been given. We love you so much, God. Thank you for inviting yourself in.
2: I'm going to use this mic. Thanks. So, the evasive one. I, I have a lot of names for God, but I have never called Jesus the evasive one. I think that's a new, that might be a new morning prayer. What do you think? The evasive one. The
0: evasive one. Yes. Why don't you
2: come join me? So, we're going to lead you in the prayers of the people and, um, and welcome the God of invitations. Because there are ways that God is inviting God's own self into your life today. There's something really fresh that's happening if we're willing to get up and look. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: So we'll pray together here. Lord of endless invitations, as you know us better than we know ourselves, guide us to seek and recognize you in others. And to find you living deep within us. And to learn to rescue and defend and love our neighbors, the Zacchaeuses in our neighborhoods, (laughs) as ourselves. Generous God, may may we we always always say yes yes to to your your invitation. invitation. Lord of endless invitations, renew us each day a desire to welcome others and to grow beyond all judgments and barriers and borders. We pray especially for, will you just go ahead and name those that you've judged or put up a border or a barrier with and just lift them up to God here. Say their name as a possible invitation Generous God, may May we we always always say say yes to your invitations. invitations. Lord of endless invitations, lay your healing hand upon those who are weary of pain or anguish in this life and hold fast to those who offer caring help. We now join our voices to pray aloud for those in need. Will you do that, those that are in anguish and pain, and all those who are coming to the aid of those in anguish and pain? Generous God, may May we we always always say say yes yes to to your your invitation. invitation. Lord of endless invitations, we pray for our enemies especially and say that name to God the one you're cut off from estranged from that speaks evil of you has despitefully used you doesn't mean that you're going to go fix things You're just praying for your enemies, as Jesus taught us. Generous God, may May we we always say say yes yes to your invitation. invitation. Lord of endless invitations, may we always hear the invitation to pray for and respond to the ones in your heart that you lay on our hearts. I just want to tell you shortly, I I walked in the back door today and someone's face came right here to me in my mind that I haven't thought about in a really long time. And I realized that when those kinds of things happen, that the person was on God's heart and God put the person on my heart. And so can we pray this way? All together, these words... Lord of endless invitations, may we always hear the invitation to pray for and respond to the ones in your heart that you lay on our hearts. And let their faces come to your mind even now as you pray. Generous God, May we always say yes to your invitation. So I'm going to invite you to gather your communion elements. Let's see ourselves at this table. Jesus has just invaded your space. Shown up at your table. And so we'll read, Scott and I, uh, the non-bolded words, and then you all respond with the bolded words. God, we remember the Lord Jesus. Jesus on the night he was betrayed. He took bread and broke it and said, This is my body broken for you. We can take the bread together.
0: And in the same way, he took the cup, saying, This This is is my blood blood shed shed for for you together take let's cup. take the cup we proclaim,
2: we proclaim the lord's, lord's death, death until, until he comes, comes again he, he was, was pierced for our, our transgressions. transgressions he, he was, was bruised, bruised for our iniquities
0: by his stripes We are healed.
2: We proclaim that we do not live on bread alone, but by the Word made flesh. Jesus, Jesus, the the bread of of life. Life. The daily presence of Jesus in our lives is our sustenance. Jesus, the The living water. We we take this bread and cup in communion communion with with our brothers brothers and sisters in remembrance of of Jesus. Christ, Christ, the the word Word of of God, God, spoken to us, Christ Christ alive and and present with us, Christ, our our daily bread. bread. Amen. Amen. And so for just a moment, as we're singing, I hope that you'll allow the taste of bread and wine in your mouth Mm. to remind you that you're welcome at the table. we were here um the launch of our new spiritual direction school which is a two-year school to uh to train spiritual directors who will be god's presence in the world in a very listening kind of way hannah had an experience in this room that i want her to share with you she didn't know i was going to ask her to do that so give her some props give her some grace for for getting called out of nowhere.
4: I was sitting, eating lunch over here um, and looking at this image of um, the world in God's hands. And we were talking about how spiritual direction um, is a means to help people dream with God um, and I felt like the invitation from God is that spiritual direction is a space where people get to imagine a new world with God. And um, God brought back to mind a memory from a past ministry experience. We had been in a really like growth-oriented structure, and we got a new boss. <laughs> and um, my friend said, you know, it was like I had left a hall, like left a room into a hallway. Um, Was told to go somewhere else And now I'm with someone else And God's saying Like Tim, our new boss Was saying Where are you going? And why are you going there? And she was like it's the only way to go And he said We're standing in a field There's so many places you can go And um, God just brought this image to mind And was saying You know We have a field full of opportunities um, That I want to imagine with you And I want to imagine with the church And all of these other people Yeah
2: yes
4: yeah do you want me to say that in the
2: Uh microphone yeah God was saying would
4: you imagine a new world with me and so make
2: me a vessel make you haven't done it ever or for the first time make me a vessel god i want to imagine a new world with you right or you want to put your hand on your heart and lift your head to heaven or bow your head or you want to kneel right where you are or you want to come right up to this little altar space and kneel down and say make me a vessel Friends came here Here with
3: with nothing, nothing. but all you have given me, Jesus, bring new wine out of.
2: Say, I came here with nothing, I came here here with nothing except for your skin on your body, and God's given you all, Jesus, bring new wine out of. So, take that prayer posture and just say something true. God I, I want to do it God I want to follow you I want to imagine a new way with you I want to imagine a new life with you I'm a, I want to imagine a new me with you in whatever ways you want to make me a vessel and, and because I realize God that whatever you're asking is true of me you're never going to ask something that's false of me to do something I wasn't created to do so I can trust you to respond to that true part of me that just says, I want to, I want to, God, I want to, I can. all the wine in this room to just get poured exactly where you intend God at every table you intend it in every space you are dreaming of God someone getting new wine a new world a new way I bless my friends and I pray that fresh passion for you would awaken in each and every one of them to trust God that following what is true on the inside will lead them to the way, the truth, and the life. And so, God, I have in every cell of my body hope for a new way because people are saying yes to you today. And I pray that they mark this day in some way with you, whether they they light a candle whether they write a note take it home put it on the mirror i'm praying god that we would remember that you are invading our house on this day and we say we gladly welcome you jesus will you say it we gladly welcome you jesus amen you all have a beautiful week we love you